share with us following what I started last week uh, or what I was talking about last week about, about keep on praying. Stay in the place of prayer. Don't give up on prayer because God answers prayer. And, and stay in there. Keep on praying. Keep on calling to the Lord. I want to talk to us today from Hebrews chapter 11. I'll, I'll use Hebrews chapter 11 as my core scripture. And, and I just want to dwell on a word in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. We'll read it up to two, but I will dwell on verse one. Hebrews chapter 11. If you're there, shout amen. So Hebrews chapter 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Faith is... The substance. Everybody say substance. I want to speak on the word substance. Faith is the substance. We are talking about open the floodgates of heaven. To open the floodgates of heaven, I've said you need to pray and position yourself before God. Secondly, your prayer needs to be backed up by faith. Now faith is the substance. Of the things we hope for. Faith is the substance of the things we are looking forward to. Faith is the substance of the things we are praying for. Amen. Faith is the substance. Now, the word substance, the word substance, if you look at the other Bible versions, they will use different words for the part about substance. The word substance there can, if in some versions it says, faith is the confidence. We have, if you're reading the NIV, it says, faith is the confidence, substance confidence. Faith, if you're reading the Amplified Version, says, faith is the assurance of things. Faith, substance, confidence, assurance. Uh, if you want to go down into that word that is used there to say substance, it also means the confirmation. So you can say substance equals confidence equals assurance equals the, the confirmation or if you want something that you can easily identify faith is the title deed if you buy a house or a property before you are able to say this house is mine you need to have a document and that document is called a title deed so that whoever else comes and sees this house cannot say this house is mine. Unless they are able to bring out the title deed. Amen. I went to a place and I found, normally you see signs that say this house is for sale. And I went to a place and I found many signs which was written, this house is not for sale. So I was, I was now asking, why are these houses having the sign that says the house is not for sale? By default, you think a house standing there is generally not for sale. And only when it goes on sale, you put a notice so that people can know that they have to come and buy this one. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when you come and then say, I am not for sale, you are now saying, and I was, the explanation I got was, it is because sometimes people come and sell a house. 
without the title deeds to the house. So now people are putting a sign to say this house is not for sale so that you who's coming to want to claim the house, unless you have the title deed with you, you cannot get this house. The title deeds ensure that you can claim something to be yours. So no matter how much money you have paid for the house, this is actually what I heard, that actually people will pay for a house because they've seen pictures of the house. They know the address of the house. And then they come to the place and they realize a sign which says, this house is not for sale. And they know they've been robbed. But the person who comes and says, I have the title deeds of this house. I have bought it and here are the papers to say I have bought this house. I own this piece of land. They are able to claim that house because of the title deed. Now faith is a title deed to the things we hope for, to the things we are praying for. Faith is a title deed to the thing that enables, you see, no matter how much the dam floods, unless you are the engineer that is certified and has been given the key to open the floodgates, no matter how much you may want those floodgates to open, unless you are the certified engineer with the paper to say you can open the floodgate, you will not be able to open that floodgate. Are you with me, church? Now, faith is that which gives us the title deed. And I, I went a little further to look into this aspect of faith is the substance. And I began to check that generally, if you say something is substance, you have many definitions. And I, and I looked into various dictionaries. And I just want to give you some, some aspects that I picked up from the dictionary, which I will speak about in a moment. It says substance. Substance is something that is tangible matter. Yeah? So for those that are tangible matter. So this is substance because it is made out of a substance called plastic. It's a tangible matter. The mic I am holding is a substance that is used to amplify my voice. It's, it's something that you can hold. Some, something tangible. Now faith is something tangible. It is not an abstract thing. Are you with me church? And, 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 and it also says substance is a specific type of matter. So number one, it is just matter. Secondly, you can say substance when you talk about a specific type of matter. When you go into the difference between this mic and this pulpit, it is a specific substance. It is a specific thing that you need. Now, I need you to, to follow me here because the faith that you need to achieve something may be specific according to what it is that you must need. Now, faith is the substance of the things hoped for. The title deed for this building is not the same title deed I have for my house. Are you with me? The title deed that ABN AMRO has for a big complex that they are renting out is not the same title deed that you will have for a small shop in the corner. So faith or substance talks about specifics as well. It is a specific matter. A third definition about, about substance says it is the essence or the meaning of something. It is what makes your story to be a story. So, 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 so last week, last week, to the glory of God, our sister Pelume got married. 
Yeah, and she had a beautiful wedding, and I spoke to them on the phone, and they, were, and they were so happy, so full of joy. What makes their story to be of essence is that they are married. Amen. You see, otherwise, you know, you just, it's, but you know, we don't know what's going on with this brother and sister. We cannot touch it. But once they say we are getting married like Bayati and Ernest, I think we are getting married. Their story begins to have an essence. And, and come December, by the time we cross over into 2017, they will come back and tell us the fullness of what has happened. There is an essence to their story. It's that which makes it matter. What it, does it matter that Bahati is in a relationship with Hamto or Ernest is in a relationship with Flo? It is the fact that they are getting married. The essence. Faith is the essence it is that which makes it key or core to what is to be achieved. Are you still with me, church? I don't want, you to, I don't want to lose you. But faith is not something far away. It is that which matters. In your prayer, faith is the essence. Everybody say essence. It is the meaning of that which is spoken. Faith or substance is the meaning of that which is spoken. Number, f number four is, is you can talk about faith being something of solid or meaningful quality. Solid or meaningful quality. There are many things that are there that are solid, but they may not be meaningful in their quality. Amen. Just like we, uh, some years ago, um, the, the technical team said to me, Pastor, we, have, we, have, we had, a, we had a, a set of mics. And they said, Pastor, the frequency of these mics is going to be locked or closed. So we need to change the mics so that we have mics with the right frequency that they can pick them up with the receivers. So we had to change the cordless mics to the right frequency. Now we could still have had those mics but there would be lots of interference and in the end, either we don't hear what they are singing or we have wee, 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 wee all the time. We still have the mics, but the mics are not meaningful. The quality is not the right one. So it does not give us the output that we desire to have. But when, you, when we change the mics, and we now have mics which are in the frequencies that are allowed for microphones in church and public address systems. You are able to hear me. Do you hear me? You are able to hear me because I have a mic which has the right quality and the meaningful quality. You can eat a lot of food, but if your food does not have quality, it does not build the body. It's about the quality of what you eat. You can buy broccoli and cook the broccoli until it becomes brown and you eat a kilo of that broccoli. It will not benefit you because the quality is wrong. You're supposed to eat them green. Then you can be able to get the benefit of the iron and the vitamins and all the other stuff in there. But once it's charred or burnt, you can't... <laughs> You hear what I'm saying, church? It's about the quality. Faith 
is meaningful quality. Faith has to be with quality. Faith has to be at the right level. The last definition of, of substance that I want you to, to get is, is about, I love this one, is when you go to physics, who are the people that, that do physics here? Nobody of physics. Okay, I see somebody. It's about the material density. I love this one. For the, for the one, material density. When you say something has density, you're saying there is no vacuum. When you're saying there is a vacuum, you are saying there is no material. There is zero, nothing. Like when you, when you make a vacuum, you take out everything, that was, including the air, and it just stays as a... Thank you, the engineers. It's just a vacuum. There is emptiness. And so the moment, at the slightest moment, that you take away the condition of the vacuum, what happens? The air goes back in. It fills up again. The, way, the reason your vacuum cleaner is able to clean is because it's trying to get rid of the vacuum that is created by the pump. So when you switch it on, the pump goes, it's creating a vacuum. And by the time you put that hose down, it sucks up whatever is there because it's trying to close the vacuum. It's saying, let there not be nothing in here. Now, faith is density. It's material density. Faith is not a vacuum. Hallelujah. Faith is not nothing. You cannot come to God with a vacuum. You cannot come to God with nothing. You have to come to God with something. There's got to be density in your, there's got to be weight in your faith. Everybody say, let there be weight. There's got to be some weight. And so, having, having given you this definition, I just want to give you some, some quick points, about seven or so aspects about faith. Seven or so aspects about faith that, that I draw up from seeing this definition of the word substance because faith is a substance. Amen. Faith is a substance and it is about the quality, about the nature of your substance. So then I realize, number one, that you can have little faith. The Bible talks about little faith. That I pray that your faith will not be little. I pray that your faith will not be of low quality. Ah, oh, we need people with quality faith. Your faith will not be small, but it will not be little. And so in John, in Matthew chapter 6, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus speaking to them, Jesus speaking to them, and he, he says, if, if God so clothes the grass, this is verse 30, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So faith can be little, and I pray your faith will grow. I pray that your faith will increase, and faith cometh by hearing what? The word of God. So do not dwell and stay on little faith. Do not stay with little substance. You need to have more substance. Nudge your neighbor and say, have substance. Have substance. Do not have little faith. 
and, and, and he says, he goes on in eight, Matthew 8 verse 26, he, he also says, said to them, why are you so fearful, all you of little faith? Why are you fearful? Then he arose and rebuked the sea. You know, they, they, were, they were in a boat and the sea it begins to shake and toss and throw. And it says, why are you afraid, all you of little faith? Why are you afraid of the exam, all you of? I didn't say that. It was said by those people there. <laughs> Gilbert, go and write that exam. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid, guys. Your pastor also passed the exams, so don't be afraid. When you're sitting there and it's tough, says, my pastor can do it, I can do it also. Don't be afraid. Have faith. I will do it. I will make it. It will work for my favor. It will work for my favor. God will make things work for my favor. I will succeed through this. Don't be of a little faith. Desire to grow. And, and to, so he, he talks about little faith. And this faith be, is, is weak. If you stay there, you stay weak. You stay always facing the challenges and succumbing to the challenge. Challenges will always come. It's about what you do in the face of challenges. It's about how you react to the things that push you against the wall. That shows your faith. So don't be of little faith. So Jesus says, why are you afraid? Why are you fearful? And he rose up and rebuked. And so what Jesus was saying, is saying when you are pressed against by the waves and by the tossing of the sea, rise up and rebuke the sea. Rise up and tell the sea to be calm. This is what I do. You do it also. Say, exam, you work for my favor. Husband, you will love me. You work for my favor. Why? Because I have faith. In Jesus Christ. And, and, and second thing I understand was weak faith. There's also what is called weak faith. Romans chapter 14 verse 1 to 3 talks about weak faith. And it says, receive one who is weak in the faith, but do not dispute over doubtful things. You see, people who are weak in faith will always find disputes. Or Did God really say weak in faith? They also want you to be weak. These are the doubting Thomases. So, so be careful. Let your faith have substance. Let your faith be solid. Remember they said that substance is solid and meaningful. Let your faith be solid. Not that it's flowing away today and coming back tomorrow. Let it be solid. Let your faith have substance. Let it have material density. Let there not be a vacuum. Don't allow... A vacuum. If God is going to open the floodgates for you, we need to have a faith that is solid, not weak. Faith that is strong. And so, he, he, in Romans, he says, he says, verse 2, For one believes he may eat all things, but one who is weak eats only vegetables. Nothing to say about vegetarians here, but... But, but you know, don't, don't dispute over, over things that are, are fruitful. Seek to be on the things that matter. Seek to build on the things that are important. Amen. If your brother wants to eat vegetables, eat vegetables with him. And after you finish eating vegetables with your brother, go to the restaurant and eat the meat you want. End of story. Don't start fighting. Why are you not cooking meat? Eat the, chop them very well. 
and drink water or juice afterwards. Then go buy your, your, your quarter chicken by the snack bar and sit and eat it. <laughs> I have a Danish friend of mine says when I'm invited to a lot of these dinners, usually there's not enough meat. So I go home early first, cook myself a good chunk of meat, make sure I'm full of meat, and then I can go eat the dessert by my... <laughs> and I have no quarrel with anyone. Because whether you put meat or you don't put meat, I've had my own. She's a Danish, Danish friend of mine. She always used to laugh at it. And you know, what, is he, what was he just saying? He was saying, I would rather just go and enjoy the fellowship with you than struggle with things that really don't matter, which I could solve outside. But you know, it shows I'm weak in faith if I'm going to start fighting over meat. But don't be weak in faith. Because it draws you away from the things that you, must, that you must really focus on. People who are weak in faith dwell on, on peripherals. They don't get to the core because they're still set, trying to settle whether you should wear high heel or flat heel. So they never get to raising up their hands in prayer because they are still trying to deal with you. Whether you should wear suit or wear jean. Dwelling on the peripherals. They are still trying to, to settle whether you should be praying for a house or you should not be praying for a house. And whether they should be, rather than telling you, yes, my brother, pray, pray even for a bigger one. They are still trying to convince you whether you should pray for the house or not. For, why? Because they are weak in faith. They don't understand that God can provide anything, that you can ask anything according to his will and he can provide. What if it is God's will that you get a big house rather than a small little corner? But people who are weak in faith choose to dwell with you on the corner than on the real thing. If God wants to provide for you this one or that, let him provide. Yours is to pray. So don't let weakness in faith keep you down. And, and he goes on and, and says in, in Romans 15 verse 1, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. If you're strong in faith, like I will tell, show you in a moment, you need to be able to lift up those that are weak in faith. So if you see somebody who's struggling with their faith, be there to lift them up. It's going to be well, brother. We will make it. We will get there. God will answer us. Keep on keeping on. Keep on trying. Keep on pressing on. One day you also shall get married and you will have children. Don't worry. You might be 40, but you can be 41 and get married. It might happen when you are 42. Keep on going. Don't worry, my sister. You are not too old. Put on some makeup. It's okay. Do some. Be strong in the faith so that you can lift up those that are weak. People, do you hear what I'm saying? Faith must have substance. Number, number three on our, on is wavering faith. See, there are some people who have wavering faith. They are strong today. But when the wind blows from the other side, they run away. Say, ah, but we're not supposed to keep on going. Ah, you, don't you see the way the wind looks? Wavering faith. They will come and say, in the name of Jesus, when the demon says, me, are you talking to? They are running away. No, I was not praying about you. I was praying about this one. Wavering faith. Their faith is not stable. They are shaken by things. 
So they will come and declare, I want to praise God. People praise God with me. God rescued me yesterday. He provided for me. And then when they come to a place where there's really no money, they forgot the God that rescued them yesterday. And then they start, ah, can we take shortcut? Waver in faith. And, and we must not waver in our faith. And it says in James chapter 1, verse 5 to 7, he says, but let him ask in faith. If somebody is, is lacking something, if you're in need of something, let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Why does he say nothing wavering? Because some of us are wavering. Pastor, I've been waiting. Don't you know I'm now 37? So what? God has not changed. He's still the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. If God has said it, he will do it. Don't change your position because we are one more year. You know, pastor, you started praying for me for this in 2003. Don't you see now it's 2016? Yes, I know. I'm also looking at the years. But keep on with your God. Don't waver. Ah, did you see what happened to that other person? No, you are not that other person. You are unique. God knows the number of hairs on your head. And they are different from the number of hairs on the other person. Besides the other one, his white hairs, you have black one. So what is your issue with God? Stay on the Lord. Amen. Stay on the Lord. Don't waver. Because the circumstances have changed. And you know what? Change is always going to happen. Circumstances are always going to, to happen. I have been building up a good process in my workplace having worked so hard throughout 2015, and everybody speaks of it. You've built a good process. Suddenly, one director, senior there comes up and says, I want to change everything around. Say, but you've been praising and praying. Say, yes, because of what you have done, I want to put my own, but I want to change yours and do it this way. And I'm, I was so angry the first time I heard it. And I thought, I know what God has started with me. I know where we are going. Am I going to be shaken because the circumstances changed? Besides, he, he was not there when I started. Now he is there. By the time I finish, he might not be there. So why should I waver from my own goal? Do you hear what I'm saying, church? I could have fainted and say, so why bother? But no, be strong in the Lord. And be strong in your faith. Do not be wavering. So if you let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. If your faith is wavering, you are unstable. Do not be double-minded. Be single-minded. If God be for me, who can be against me? There is no room for two minds there. God is on my side and he stays on my side. God is on, tell your neighbor, God is on your side. Be on God's side. Because the problem is not with God, the problem is with us. Whose side are you on? This is why the Bible says, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. You cannot have yes, no. Yes is yes, no is no. Don't be in between. Jesus says, you know, because you are lukewarm, what am I going to do? I will spit you out. Throw you away because, you know, you are not lacquer. 
You are not cooling me down. You are not really warming me up. So what should I do? Away with you. Who likes to drink a, 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 a warm cup of tea? Who wants to drink a cold cup of tea? Who wants to drink something that is in between warm and cold? Tastes horrible. It either should be warm or hot or it should be cold, iced tea. You don't want it somewhere in between. It tastes very bad. If you want, you can try it. It tastes horrible. So you spit it out. But when it's nice, warm, and hot, when you drink it and you feel, you know, especially in the summer, and it's at 3 p.m., and you drink a nice cup of tea, and then you start sweating, you feel so cool. That's, what, that's the right time to drink tea. That's why it's called tea time. <laughs> you know, tea time was only to, you know, tea time is so that you drink it and you sweat and you cool down. That's why tea time is, <laughs> okay, let's leave that one. But, but, but you understand what I'm saying. And, and we need to come to that place where our faith is not wavering. We are not double-minded, single-minded. I am for God and for God alone. You can't be in between. You can't be in between. And number four is unwavering faith. This is where we need to come to, to a place where we have unwavering faith. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Or let us hold fast the proclamation of our faith. Let us hold fast the belief of our faith. Let us hold fast the standing of our faith. Without wavering. For he is faithful who what? Who promised. God is faithful. He is faithful to his promises. He is faithful to his word. So let us hold fast to his word. Let us proclaim his word and hold strongly to it. That's what the Bible is saying. Hold fast to the word and to the proclamation. Speak it, believe it. Paul says, I believe, therefore I have spoken. And I hold on, I stay on. So when I've said that God will do it for me, I will continue saying it until I've seen him do it for me. Abraham, God says, I'll make you the father of many nations. He believed it and continued. Even when he was becoming a hundred, he continued to believe it. I will be father of many nations. I'll be father of many nations. So don't you see you're growing old? Even his wife said, you're looking old, but I'll be a father of many nations. I believe it. I trust it. God has said it. I believe it. I hold. You shall be, you shall be a minister in the government. Believe it. If you lose the first election, it's okay. There's another one to come. If you come from Zambia, maybe the president will die and then you can take over his place. But believe it. Destiny is destiny. God will fulfill that which he says you will fulfill. And if he wants to favor you, he will favor you. So know that God wants to favor you. And he will make sure it comes to pass. You will move things for your good. Let your faith be unwavering. Hallelujah. Be strong in the faith. And, and it also says in, in Romans chapter 4 about, about Abraham. About Abraham it says, you know, his faith was persistent and strong. And it says, being fully persuaded that what God had promised. That what God has promised. That he was able also to perform. You see, what God has promised, he is able also to perform it. Hallelujah. 
God is able to perform it for you. Be fully persuaded. Being fully persuaded means I have no shadow of doubt. You see, even the things that will give me doubt, I've dealt with them and removed those doubts away from me. I am fully confident in God. That's the place we need to come to. Where you look and say, what has God promised? What are the doubts that I have around them? I'm going to find the scripture to put and plug doubt. So that doubt has no room. The day doubt comes in, I raise up the scripture. And I say, doubt, you have no place. No place in my life. No place in me. Doubt should not rule or dominate you. Why? Because I am fully persuaded. I, my faith is unwavering. So when it takes long, usually our faith begins to waver when things take long. I've pastor, you don't know how much I've spent on medical bills. So what do you want to do now? Give up on your life? No. Doesn't matter how much you've spent. Keep on going. The Bible says that woman, that woman that came to Jesus with an issue of blood, she had spent all her money on doctors, but nothing had helped. But as long as she was alive, she says, I'll try one more time. And so she came to Jesus, pushed through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and immediately got healed. Just one more time. If you can be so unwavering to say, I may have tried today 10,000 euros gone, I would try with one more euro. God will turn for you. He always does. So let your faith be unwavering. Let's go to the next one. Is active faith. There's something that's called active faith. Your faith needs to come to a place where it has moved from being little, weak, to becoming strong, to becoming unwavering. And it, it needs to come to a place where your faith is active. Your faith becomes active. And here you have to look at James chapter 2 where he's talking about show me somebody who has faith and who has works and I will show you a true Christian. That's what he was saying. A true Christian is somebody whose faith is active. He combines his belief with the things he does. So when I say I have faith that I can walk on water, you actually step out and walk on water. When I say I'm going to start a business, you don't just stay, stay there and keep praying in tongues all along. You start looking for business opportunities. That is faith that is active. When you say I'm going to pass the exam, you go out and you study and you look at your book and you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, show me the chapter which I should study. And you suddenly have an urge to read chapter 2. And you go on and read chapter 2. And after you say, Father, which other chapter? And he says, go to chapter 7. You jump all these up to chapter, all the chapters. You go to chapter 7. And when you step into the exam, you say, Father, according to what you showed me, I'm going to pass this exam. You open and you realize question number 1, question number 2, question number 3. All are based on chapter 2. Hey, this is a testimony I'm telling you. I know God can do that. Because he did it for me. And then you go on to, to question number say, chapter 7. Everything I was reading last night in chapter 7 is here. God was showing me the exam. While I was praying in tongues. But you know what? It did not only end up in praying in tongues. I put my faith to action. I opened the book and read. We don't want Christians that just are speaking in tongues and not working. When I was believing I'll finish the PhD, I was going to the lab. What time was I going to the lab? 6 a.m. sometimes. 
by the time they switch off the alarm, I'm also stepping in. And sometimes they had to chase me out with the alarm. Please, the alarm will be locked now. Get out of the lab. Why? Because I'm putting my faith to action. You know, I'm going to go to Bible study. I would actually go to Bible study, finish Bible study, go back to the lab. No, put the kids to bed, then go back to the lab. And work. And after that, I go and play football because you also need to relax. We used to play football around 11, 11, 30. And then I go back and I sit down, have a cup of coffee with my wife before we sleep. I'm putting my faith to action. You hear what I'm saying, people? Put your faith to action. Don't just wait to say, ah, you know, God will help. Yeah, God will help you, yes. But God helps people who have know-how. People who put their hands to the plow. That's faith. I'm going to plow this place. Prepare this ground. Why? Because after six months, I'm expecting a harvest. I'm going to, to work on this place. Why? Because after some time, I'm expecting a harvest. I was talking to somebody who said, Pastor, I don't know how to, to get my business off the ground. Say, what are you doing to get it off the ground? Do you have a business plan? Are you going to conferences to hear about what other people are doing? And by the time he started stepping out, he came back one time and says, you know, I've got a good idea. I've linked up with someone. And, you know, you, you need to put your faith to action. Active faith. So James writes here and he says, we need to be people like that. He says, you foolish person. I'm sorry, he starts with that. But he says, verse 20, James chapter 2, verse 20. You foolish person, you do, not, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? So don't go around saying, I am a Christian when you are achieving nothing. Achieve something to show you are a Christian. Hallelujah. We want people to say, I have a master's because I'm a Christian. I have a, this job because I'm a Christian. I am the best worker in the, in, the, in the organization because I am a Christian. I am being promoted because I am a Christian. So that when the winds come to say we want to get rid of Christians out of the organization, the people will say, this Christian cannot go. Do you hear what I'm saying, people? Say, this Christian cannot go. I, I was sad one time when I heard that, you know, Christians sometimes can be the most lazy people in the workplace. Why? Because they are busy reading the Bible and praying in tongues. We must change. We must be people that are valued in the workplace. Why? Because our faith is being put into action. Put your faith to action. Turn to your neighbor and say, put your faith to action. And, and, and it goes on. It goes on and says, was Abraham, uh, just wait for me, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? It was what he did. It is not just what he said. It was also what he did. So when he said, Lord, I trust you, and God said, okay, give me Isaac, he actually went to, mount, to the mount. When his son was saying, where is the sacrifice? He said, no, God will provide my son. When they get there, they say, you, my son, you have to lie on the altar. You are the provision. And the son, I'm sure the son must have looked at his father and said, what? But my son, God will provide. Lie down on the altar. My faith is God will provide. Lie down on the altar. And when the son lay down on the altar, I'm sure he was afraid. I'm also thinking that Abraham's heart was beating. 
Daddy, my son, close your eyes. God will provide. We have to do this. But then he lifts up. God says, Abraham, stop. The provision is behind the bush. It's faith in action. I'm going to go all the way trusting God. Faith in action. I'm going to sow this one because I'm believing there will be a harvest. Like the farmer takes all his seed, puts it into the ground. It could also rot. It could also be eaten by the birds. Like this year, I tried to sow some seeds for lawn to make some patches on my lawn to be covered. And the birds, some birds thus came and ate all the seeds away. I chased them several times. The birds would go away. You leave that place an hour later, those birds are back. I tried to even bury these seeds deep down so that they would germinate and be strong. And you know what the birds did? They came and were digging. They knew there were seeds under, they were digging. I tried to spray there so that the birds, they just waited for it to rain and they came back again. It can happen when you are a farmer. But does the farmer not continue to farm? Why? Because he's believing that it will end up with a harvest. That's the kind of faith that we need. Active faith. Is your faith active? Put your faith to action. This is what's going to open floodgates for us. Number six is strong faith. Strong faith. You will find this again in Abraham. And Abraham says, it says of Abraham, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He wavered not at the promise. He, he did not, you know, he was not shaken, but was strong in the faith. He was strong in the faith. When your action, when you begin to put action to your faith, it makes you strong. It makes you strong. You see, one time I decided to join some, somebody to start, a, to start a business. So we started. And, and, you know, we put our first foot in. And I went to talk to some accountants that needed to help me set some things in. And then I got to know the weight of the things that needed to be done. And then the, the guys calculated, you know, all I needed to do was receive money and transfer it to the next account. Receive money from a European clients, transfer it to, 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 the, to, the, to the setup back we had. But you see, it needed a lot of faith because I was a student at that time. And then when things started going wrong, when things started going wrong, I started to scratch my head. Should I have gone back? Should I quit? Should I jump ship? And I said, let's, let's push it on. And then, of course, things went very wrong. And we had to shut shop. <laughs> After that, what it did to me was it taught me some lessons which have said that, you know what, if you're going to start business, you need to be strong in the faith. And I've been meeting other business people to learn and to hear. What is it? That they are doing. And I'm about to make some steps. But you know what? You need to be strong in the faith. What that experience taught me. Is when you've gone into it. You cannot be talking about going back out. You have to go all the way to the end. You hear what I'm saying church? So I was speaking to this businessman. He's training people to run companies. 
And he started several of the Fortune 100 companies he's, he's, he's been consulting. And I had, I had some sit, had an opportunity to sit with him over drinks one time. And, and I was saying, what is it that I, I've, I'm in a job, I love what I do, and I do a lot of other things on the side. What is it that I need to step in? And he said, young man, the moment you are going to leave all these other things, this is the one thing you need to know. It's like stepping to walk on water. And you know what? When you step on to walk on water, the only thing you've got is the hand of the Lord in front of you. When you are prepared, this was the thing. When you are now prepared to only put your hand in the hand of the Lord, then young men step out of the boat and go. See, the boat of working is comfortable because you've got a lot of things that catch you on the side. But when you are out of that boat, you need to be strong. In the faith. You need to be strong what? In the faith. So people, we need to be strong in our faith. I am praying that we will get to be strong. And not only strong, but we'll also get to have what is called great faith. I will not go into great faith today. I will come back to it in November. But I want you to know there's something that's called great faith. And great faith opens things. Great faith, just an aspect about great faith. Great faith is the place where you will get to where you shall decree a thing. And it shall be granted unto you. Let's stand to our feet as we close. Great faith is that place where, where we are able to say like the centurion. That was acknowledged by Jesus in Matthew chapter 8, verse 8 to 10. Jesus is on his way. And he meets the centurion who has invited him to come over to his place. Or he wants help. And, and he says, Lord, I am not worthy. Or the centurion says, I need help. And, and as they are, they are looking and talking with the centurion uh, and and they, they are stopped by the woman who had come to touch the hem of his garment. And people come and the centurion says to Jesus, my servant needs help. And, 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 and while he's still saying, okay, it's fine. I will come over to your house. The centurion man says this, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only. Speak the word only. And my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go. And I say to that man, go. And he goes. And this one come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does that. Jesus looks at him. And looks at the people. The Bible says... When Jesus heard it, he marveled. He was amazed. He was excited. He was pleased. That's what marvel means. There is excitement. There is joy within. And this comes to a question that the Lord was asking me last night. It comes from the scripture where Jesus is talking to them and he says, When the Son of Man comes back, Will he find faith 
on earth? Will he find faith in you? And I've been meditating on this word. Faith. Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith in Israel. I want you to make a prayer, simple prayer, to say, Lord, help me that my faith may increase. Either from the word I hear, from the testimonies I see, from the things that you are doing, Lord, help me that my faith will increase. You see, faith comes, but sometimes you, you may need to just be in that place to say, oh God, oh God, help me when my faith is weak. That's what that man was praying. Say, help me even when my faith is weak. Help me to have faith. Help me to be unwavering. Just open your heart and open your voice and pray. Lord, help me that I may stand all the time in faith. Let my faith be great. Let my faith be unwavering. Let my faith be like the faith of the centurion. This is what I want you to pray. God, help me that my faith will be like that of the centurion. You see, the centurion got a floodgate open for him. That floodgate was a gate for healing healing for his servant but it came by faith his faith had substance substance enough that Jesus marveled when he comes will he find faith in you when he comes knocking will he find faith in you Jesus help me that my faith will be strong help me that my faith will have substance help me that my faith will have substance in the name of Jesus help me oh God that my faith will be strong thank you Father Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you. Help me that my faith will be unwavering. That my faith will be unshaken. Lord, that my faith will no longer be weak but strong. That my faith, oh Lord, will no longer be, will be wavering but unwavering. Solid. That my faith, oh God, will have substance. God, take away the vacuum of my faith. Let there be substance. 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 Pray for yourself, Lord. Let there be substance to my faith. Let there be substance to my faith. Let there be substance to my faith. In the name of Jesus. Let there be substance to my faith. Let there be substance to my faith. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Father, I pray that our faith will grow. Our faith will be strong. Our faith will be unwavering. Our faith will be solid. Our faith, oh God, will be of substance. Our faith will be a true title deed that entitles us to our possession in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Heal us, O oh God, where we are weak. Help us, Lord Jesus, where we fail. But God, help us that we will always hold on and never let go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Let's, let's